Hello, my name is Peter Barron, and on behalf of Science Radio and FreakyTrigger.co.uk, I'd like to welcome you to the Lost Property Office. Perhaps humans put too much store by physical things, but when they have less attachment to them, they seem to end up in my office. Waiting to be found again, a puppyish look in the imaginary eye of the lost umbrella. Battered, collected by caring souls, they are deposited in the SOAS Lost Property Office. We all lose stuff. Lloyd Cole lost a whole weekend in a hotel in Amsterdam. Double pneumonia in a single room, apparently. Do you know the sickest joke? Yeah, that's right. The price of the medicine. But I digress. Here I will be guiding a guest with the items they've lost and hoping to distract them with some new items. Because this is not just a fake lost property office, it's also a real university one. I've invited my guests to have a rummage and see what they can find. And who knows, the rightful owner may be listening and can come and pick it up. So welcome to this week's intrepid lost properteer, Mark Sinker. Hello. Um, so Mark, you've been downstairs. Um, yes. It's, it's quite full at the moment, isn't the office? Uh, there's a, a lot of stuff that people must be badly in need of. Uh, we had a lot of rain this week. Uh, and on rainy days, people come in and say, I lost an umbrella a couple of weeks ago. Can I just see if I can find it? Sometimes, if I think they're um, not being truthful, I push them a bit on this. And you know what they always descri- how they always describe their umbrella? Oh, I can't imagine. A uh, little black uh, collapsible one, because um, that's the one that's most, most often lost. Um, but they normally just say, I can't even remember what it looked like. I just know it was an umbrella. I, yes. I give them the skunk eye, but I <laughs> tend to let them proceed because as long as there's one one umbrella left for me, they're, and I feel that like they are somewhat um, like Dutch bicycles, like legendary Dutch bicycles. Yes, yeah, they they they, they belong to the city. They belong to also our students those yes. umbrellas. As you as you probably remember, I deeply disapprove of umbrellas and mm. feel that you should actually destroy them. Oh, well, <laughs> often, of course, lost umbrellas <laughs> have been lost because they've been half destroyed. I can't tell when they've been collapsed down. But that's the case. But um, yeah, it's a. There is no such thing. I, I think there's there's no such thing as ownership of umbrellas, uh, very cheap biros and lighters. I think they just belong as a sort of a collective pool of electrons of lost items and to be passed around to people. Mm. But um, so I'm not expecting your item, um, your first item, which is the item of greatest personal or emotional or physical value, to be an umbrella. Uh, and indeed, it is not. Uh... Um, I mean, there's a larger sort of collection. There's a NUS bag called This Is A Boring Bag. Oh, oh, don't go too much into your items you've found. Just, <laughs> oh, okay, but, right. but what your item was in that? Uh, the item is in that among various things. Mm. An interesting collection of That's things. Books. So, but, but, yeah, first of all, let's, let's ask you about your life. What have you lost? Well, it's interesting. When I first thought, started thinking about this, but my mind... Dr- went really directly to a particular type of loss mm-hmm. then afterwards when i was thinking on the bus today i was thinking well i left a i borrowed a typewriter off a friend and left it on the bus on the way from the friend's house to mine and i've lost items of clothing off my washing line which have gone onto the roofs of nearby houses and so on but the particular thing which really stuck with me is to do with the sort of uh, the sense of loss and the sense of the fallen as mm. a child that as you possibly remember from being in my house i have a very large collection of small rubber monsters yeah and i can remember with great poignancy mm. moments when some of their companions have failed to return from a mission oh <laughs> when i was uh five or six or seven what, what kind of missions would they be going to be sent well, on well some of them were the missions where either my sister or i would uh ask these small gentlemen mm. and ladies to hide so right. that the other sibling could find them. Gotcha. And uh, we counted them all out, but we failed to count them all in. Oh, dear. Uh, and so that was quite 
and there's a, there's a couple that I can think didn't recover from that. And there's one, um, a small, uh, basically a a green spiny ape-like creature, right? Who I considered to be second in command of the whole panoply of small rubber monsters, who went on a space mission over a large flower bed and never got to the other side. Oh, no. And uh, I probably searched for him. I don't know a dozen times over the <laughs> following weeks, but he was green, and so was a Hard so was a garden. garden. Yeah, and uh, I might have, might have actually tossed him through a wormhole in space. Anyway, also, do you think it might it might have been, of course, a sort of Toy Story situation where unshackled from human eye, it went on an adventure of its own? And... Oh, yeah, I absolutely that is totally what I believe. There's another one who uh, who was buried in a um, a dune cave in in uh, at a beach called Shell Island in northern North Wales, which right. was again. Uh, my sister and I were um, doing a sort of proto Star Wars thing, although obviously we we'd invented Star Wars before they managed to well, come there, up with it. There. There, there are certain stories there which are universal, <laughs> literally. And, um, and yeah, and the dune slipped down on top of um, a yeah. small group, and we found three, but not the four. Now I have I have been round your house, and you do still have a lot <laughs> of them. So, how many do you think have not come back? How many are out there in the world? It's only a handful. Because yeah, uh, you're quite protective of them. I, I'm in, uh, un, unreasonably protective <laughs> of them. And the collection started, was it your collection to start with? Or? I suppose in the sense that I was the oldest one and we didn't really think of it as, it was ours. I don't, mm. think, I don't think we were proprietary about particular um, characters in but it you, at all. I mean, it's ended up in my house yeah. because when my sister moved house, she managed to <laughs> cast of off <laughs> more childish things than I. <laughs> so we shared a flat and curated the collection together. And right. then she moved to another house for various reasons, possibly one of them being that curating the collection was... <laughs> no, she felt now, was... Now, your sister has a daughter. You've got a niece now. Oh, that's true, yes. um, has, has she been introduced to them? Um, uh, she has. She has quite a large collection of her own. Right. Obviously not quite so... Uh, venerable mm. and uh, yes that's a good question so at a what point yeah <laughs> at what they... point is she old enough to appreciate <laughs> and use properly <laughs> well that's the thing isn't it it's the uh the collector's dilemma in that situation <laughs> was tricky oh that's that's quite interesting i, I, I might i might press you on that in the future or, or just follow it up in mm. a personal capacity or uh if there's if there are any <laughs> reports well, if there are any reports of losses later then on the oh, later oh show, i see I what you mean um, about, when yeah. tilly discovers the collection you mean yeah i mean yeah. she's she's at the moment ring fenced by her her Light. dad's <laughs> very large collection of franchise items from um, films and you know right. collectibles. Oh, okay, so proper collectibles. Proper in that, in that respect. Proper yeah. collectibles, which some of which, well, she's it seems to have learnt that she's allowed to point but not touch, right. and that she has. There's lots of things she's uh, uh, which are hers, mm. but daddy's things are actually sacrosanct. Yes, very, very precious, and uh, so, so yes, she may well. Mm. Turn out to be, or, or alternatively, she may feel she's on holiday from this regimen and go hog wild with my stuff. Let's, so, let's find out. Too right. Well, I'm, I think now's the time <laughs> to probably grab a bit of music. So you found a CD, um, which I've put in the CD player. Um, so all I can remember of it is it's got the word Japan on it somewhere. It's called Pathos of Autumn, and it has the word Japan with a little uh, horizontal accent over the second A in Japan. Is that correct? We've got a research in here. Correct, but it's called a macron. Oh. Okay, well, that, so but it might just be a mark on the CD. Obviously. It could just be a mark on the CD. <laughs> uh, do you have any choice over which track number you would like off this first? Uh, how many track numbers are there? About ten. 
about ten. Uh, okay, well, it would have to be six. Okay. Go to track six. Um, I've no idea what it's called. It's two minutes, 41 seconds. We may not get all the way through the song because uh, often, particularly uh, if some of the, this is from the big wallets of CDs and some of the stuff there can often be quite quiet and quite, what's the word I'm looking for? Pathetic. Dull, Dull and pathetic. But I'm, I'm sure this <laughs> won't be. I'm sure this would be great. But let's see. Let's let's talk over it a little bit. Um, your reactions to this, Mark? Um, I'm afraid it was ex- so exactly what I was expecting that I'm a bit disappointed. <laughs> it's not. It's, this is not the pathos you were looking for, or it's exactly the pathos you thought would turn up. Um, yes, it it is very much exactly what I was uh, not hoping for, but hope, but, <laughs> but expecting. Fearing, yes. Yeah. You say. Saying during the uh, during the song there that it sounded a bit like it might not actually be played by Japanese instruments. Um, yes, I, I think that's that's possible. Uh, this it, it seems to fall into um, sort of Western piano note tuning a bit mm. too exactly, which which Japanese instruments tend to veer off. Yes, yeah, it's not quite. Um, for you know historical and whatever reasons, but they invented a whole different kind of tuning. You yes, know, so exactly. That's their tuning. Um, yeah, that's it's quite interesting. That um, that what does the music of a country sound like? And that, you know, obviously, that's all fed into a loop of what we've been listening to on telly and film and wonderful ethnographic uh, um, TV shows over the last fifty years and so on. I, I, I know there's a, there's um, uh, Chinese London blogger called Madame Miao who when Chinese type music is scored in um, British television gets very angry because it's all pentatonic yeah. and she says it's all very stereotyped which is a fair point yeah. but some of the uh, Jap- actually Japanese music that you've played on previous 
um, does seem to be veering very much towards the, yes, it's a stereotype, but it's one we like and we're sticking with, especially yes. in sort of pentatonic, yeah, yeah, yeah. pentatonic-esque kind That's of true. shapes. That is true. And, and certainly when we look at, look at uh, J-pop and, and so yeah. on, then there's a, there's a whole world of... Um, uh, the leaning on some of the Western stuff a little bit more, let's yeah. say. Though tuning again, neither, neither here nor there sometimes. But anyway, um, time to go back to your life and um, ask you about a time that you found something. Well, the the only thing I could really think that particularly struck me was I was once um, on on a sort of mountain sidewalk with my whole family, being led by my granddad, who is a very hearty gentleman and a bit of a bully. <laughs> and uh, he and most of the rest of the family were far, far ahead of me because they were enjoying this rather more than me. And I was a bit disconsolately lagging behind on this quite steep mountainside. And I found a wallet. Okay. Um, and I was sort of vaguely interested because it was more interesting than the walk. And I picked <laughs> it up, but it was covered in quite... Um, creepy blue and yellow mould. So, so it had been in there for a while, you think? Well, I, I mean, it was a damp place, but it had been there for a while, yes. So I put it back down again and, and caught up with them and then said brightly, you know, 20 minutes later, I found a wallet up there. My granddad was very cross with me and said I should have brought it yeah. and made us go back and hunt for it. So right. my plan of uh, discarding it and forgetting about it and getting off the mountain quickly... Uh, worked less than perfectly and we we didn't in fact find it which I think is actually the thing that interested me most because I was pretty sure I knew exactly where I'd been Mm. but the country it's quite easy to lose things you don't have to be very far away Mm. there were no paths or anything but yeah it it was just it had gone it had vanished or it I wasn't quite remembering where I'd been mm. I, mean, I, I tried to avoid the countryside as much as possible as yes. you know um and partially for that reason because it does seem to be an immense you know just it just goes on and on and on very samey lots of it and yeah if you drop something leaves conspire there's there's there apparently there are living creatures in in the countryside uh, wallet with, eating creatures yeah with yes. minds of their own <laughs> which will move things around as well yes i always like that i always like that story about squirrels about when they bury their nuts that they don't know where they bury their nuts and so that idea that they're burying them for in the winter it's just that they expect that there's so many squirrels burying nuts that when they need to find some nuts they will find some nuts that that apparently is the way of the uh, nuts. I, I'm interested in the where where this conclusion has been drawn from. I, I think, How did they work? They interviewed a lot of squirrels, and the squirrels generally said, "Oh, I just forget, but I always know." I think they actually, I think they actually did a, did a study of they tagged some squirrels and then saw, you know, in 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 an area of forest and saw where they buried the nuts, and then saw if the same squirrel went back to its own nuts, and apparently it just went and found some other nuts. I think they can they can recognise. The digging space. So it looks like they recognise some sort of sign that the ground has been um, moved and the acorns have been dustily deposited. I imagine, yeah, I suppose. I mean, you know, there are ways where animals mark territory, but perhaps they don't mark that territory where they've just buried food they themselves want to eat. They're a different way. They're, 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 I know the way you're suggesting. I think they may be. And also, they, you know, it's sterile. Um, you know, if it's their own. Maybe that's the thing, actually. If they find their own one, then it's okay because it's, it's only sterile to them. Um, so the, you did, did you ever you open the wallet when you found it first time? or was it just I glanced through it, but as I say, it was covered in this, this very, very sort of um, candy-coloured, pink, yellow and blue mould, which right. really creeped me out. Yeah. I can remember that more clearly than I can remember anything in it. Almost and alien in it. I was afterwards quite... I assumed 
my granddad had wanted the wallet because he wanted the cash in it. And then uh, when I got a bit older, I started thinking that's perhaps actually an unreasonable judgment and that he wanted to return the wallet yeah. to its owner. I mean, and that's probably more likely. <laughs> Though I don't know your grandfather. <laughs> well, Maybe he, he was he, a master criminal. <laughs> he wasn't uh, a master criminal. He was or a miser. A, he was know. quite a responsible person. But to me, I always felt he was sort of... Um, I, I didn't get on with yeah. him terribly well. And so I was prepared at this age to think the worst of him and right. to feel as I'd done the right thing rather than he had. I think I was probably wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. So you, you, you allude in that, in that story as well to... Um, where you uh, were looking for the uh, wallets again, that you kind of like in your, you know, being in the countryside was, I mean, you grew up in the countryside. Well, it's a bit the same as the as the rubber monster story, mm. that, which is that, that quite a small area of uncultivated uh, countryside, it's very easy to lose things, uh, even though you know they're actually there, yeah, or you assume yeah. they're actually there. You just can't find them easily. You have to look really, really, really carefully, and it takes a long time. It's not like just the pavement where no. it's... Well, I think, I think actually going back to your, your little green monster story, I think maybe there was a magpie who tried to start up a new franchise. Everyone else is going for the shiny <laughs> stuff. I'm going for rubber monsters, and suddenly I've hit on a mother load around here. So it's, it's, I think that's what's going on. So, but talk about that. I mean, at a time you've actually been physically lost. Um, the only times that I recall getting lost is that my sister and I are both actually we're quite good with kind of maps and directions and sense of where we're going. Mm. We don't really get lost very often, except when we're, when we're together. Right. So if we're going somewhere together, we both assume the other one is in charge and respond to what we think are body signals as to, like, turn here and, oh, it's just down here, when no body signal has been made. It's just <laughs> and then some... they think you're taking charge. And, thus... <laughs> and, and so we can quite often get really quite lost. Mm based on no conversation and uh, <laughs> but but separately no not not you know i mean i've failed to get to the yeah right place when it's been poorly described and things like that oh, if it's somebody else's fault yes, yes if it's somebody else's fault and they have they haven't given me a very satisfactory description or map but i don't regard that as being for some reason that doesn't seem to be being lost no no i can see that i i, I haven't found the thing that they told me to look for yes, yes. well that's, that's that's slightly different <laughs> yes. yes it's an in- interesting i know where i am i just don't know what where they are right <laughs> okay well i'm going to get jump onto your your items now so yeah. what, what what um which one would you like to talk about first um, um well i don't know that it's a terribly interesting thing but it amused me the publication i found uh, mm. amused me because it is issue one of access magazine and its theme is lose yourself ah, and good. i thought that while I don't think it's very successful as a magazine, I think thematically it has achieved yes, yes. <laughs> self-loss. Yeah, there, there were quite a lot of them lying around in my common room. I, it, I think it's a, it's a magazine about computer games. I think it is too, yes. From what I, you know, it's, it's kind of an oversized... Well, it's a newspaper, isn't it, more than a magazine? Well, it, it says uh, it's published for Sony Computer Entertainment, which I don't know what that means. If it's published by, I know what that means. But published for... They threw magazine. some money at them and right. said, do what you like. So, well, that would be, yeah, I guess, by the Church of London, whoever they are. Oh, um, well, that's a interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, the Church of London. It's it, it suggests it's actually a church. There doesn't seem to be much. No, I think of it's religious just a, content in there. No, there's no religious content in that I found. It's um, so one of the four PlayStation buttons is a cross. Yes, <laughs> I think the Church of London may be an art space, right? Which okay. is is based in a church. Like, gotcha. That's purely a guess. I don't no, know. No, 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 absolutely. I mean, what. 
what could we do to find out? We could look it up, I guess. Or maybe one of our listeners could uh, suggest on the comments. Um, yes. Anything in it take your fancy? Um, there's a, um, a wire why type article. Why women are the most potent new force in gaming. Well, it's not really why or why. It's kind yeah. of wishful thinking. This article turns up once every two years. I mean, yes. maybe it's true. I don't know anything about gaming at all. Maybe it's apps. But speaking as someone who has worked in magazines for a lot of time, a long, long, long time, I recognise that genre. That type of article. article. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, now it's time for the women make way men um, and so on. Yeah. No, I know. I know the type. Um, you got quite, you bought quite a few items out actually. You, you kind of exceeded our one thing rule. So well, the one thing was the bag. They were all in. Oh, they're all in the bag. So and um, what, what else was in the bag? Well, there's some books of no uh, particular consequence. There is. Oh, a... we'll, we'll discover that later, <laughs> maybe. Um, there is a interestingly old-fashioned box file mm-hmm. with a sort of marbled black and white uh, surface on the outside in bright red bright orange sticker saying for use only in the library right. and inside so i'm assuming inside there's probably um tools for their research well, um, in a sense yes it's quite it's quite an official sticker that orange sticker now you're showing it to is me. yes uh, inside, maybe there's, there's some books and some like that two uh, unopened packet of marlboro uh, the marlboro gold uh, which used to be known as marlboro lights uh, including a nice picture of a um, the inside of the lungs, which I gather is what <laughs> such things happen, have, and um, a uh, fax in classical Chinese on vellum fax paper, right? <laughs> which uh, I don't really know very much about, but um, my advisor said it was something to do with uh, getting a pint in the suburbs. <laughs> I, I can't remember what she said, I, I might have misremembered that. Um, <laughs> Anyway. Would our advisor, would our, would our research like to step in here? And, and, and... <laughs> our researcher would not like to make any promises about their ability to read classical Chinese. The the cigarettes were they Japanese or Korean? The the Chinese Chinese as well. Chinese. So uh, this is a Chinese Chinese. smoker, which is good because there's lots of them. Probably bought duty free. Yes, <coughs> I'm, I'm getting that sense. For use in the library only. You can't actually smoke in the library, though. So, um, well, that's why the boxes are clearly unopened, as they should be. There is another sticker on the front of the box. Yes, um, Christie's, 1993. Mm. Now, we do, we do run a, a Christie's joint course in art history um, and, and curation. So, so, so. This, may, this box may have been used to contain something else. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it's clearly a document box. Yeah, you it's a classic it. box file. I mean, if, you, yes. if someone said to me, describe a box file, or, or said, yeah. I found a box file, that would be what I'd initially think of. And, and so. it's quite an old-fashioned one as well, yeah. the sort of marbling of it and the stiffness of the cardboard well, and whatever. Give it, give it a wrap on your knuckles. Yeah, that's nice. It's, it's a, you know, it's a solid old, r- rather nice object, actually. Mm. Um, but it's presumably been, is that? A uh, uh, Soas library sticker? Possibly. I mean, it looks like maybe the box file has been uh, taken out of use and just left yeah, somewhere. Yes. Someone has seen it as a, a good way of hiding their cigarettes <laughs> for non-use in the library. So, interesting. Um, so we're going to go back from China now, because since that was Chinese, back to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, another track from your CD. Let's see if this is uh, uh, more authentic or, or more pathosful. Um, pathetic. Pathetic is, is the word <laughs> I'm looking for, I guess, isn't it? Uh, what track number would you like now? Um, I think we should have seven after six. That does make a lot of sense, makes it quite easy to go to. Let's. This is seven minutes long, so we're not going to get all of it, um, and we okay. might only get a minute or so, because it might be terrible. Okay.
Well, I think I think we agree that we like this one. Or this one's more interesting than the last one. It's more melodramatic. Yes. Yes, and I'm intrigued by the backing uh, behind the flute. Uh, the... But it came in with a big sort of slam, which was, uh, and then we were just discussing whether it's a synthesizer or actual strings mm. playing quite simply. But difficult to say. Well, we'll difficult to say. Yes. We'll, we'll we'll let it we'll let it play underneath us as we uh, think about the. The pathos of, of more lost items. So we're on to the books now that you've got. Um, the books, um, this is um, Peter Robinson uh, of the Pop Justice uh, <laughs> I don't, website. I don't think it's that Peter Robinson. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's a, a crime novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Chief Inspector Banks. I, I'm un, unfamiliar with the old Chief Inspector Banks works either. And uh, it's called All the Colours of Darkness, which is apparently lime green, <laughs> according to the... Uh, and it's also, it's got... The, the name embossed. on the cover is embossed, yeah. which is nice. And a lime green back as well. Um, and a lime green back. Uh, the Times says that Peter Robinson has far too long and unfairly been in the shadow of Ian Rankin. Um, He's a bit thinner and smaller then, clearly. He stands behind him. Um, and uh, the um, blurbs ends, This case is far from closed and banks will risk everything to get to the truth. I'd like to think that the, the original Chief Inspector Banks might have been Mr Banks from Mary Poppins in a, in a later career after he left the bank. Um, it's set in um, the Yorkshire Dales. Ah, OK. There's a, um, a, a map crime. of... Yorkshire. Of the Yorkshire Dales, yes. On, on, the, on the back, does it suggest... Can it give us a, a suggestion of what the murder is? The death is clearly suicide. And even when the second body is found, it seems a straightforward case. A jealous man has killed his lover and hanged himself. Hardly worth DCI Alan Banks cutting his weekend short. But when Banks is pulled off the investigation, soon after he discovers that the murder victim wasn't all he appeared to be, his alarm bells start ringing. This case is far from closed, and Banks will risk everything, including cutting his weekend short, to get to the... (laughs) To get to the truth. Is that bit when you're... I, I always find that when I'm at work, when I get taken off an item of work, I'm much more interested <laughs> in it at that point. At the moment you... Have you ever had that when you say, when you're editing a new uh, magazine, at the moment you're not allowed to edit, edit it anymore? That's it's not, no, much I, more interesting. I, to be honest, I don't remember the moment when I wasn't allowed to edit anymore. That's not really how it works. Yeah, OK. No, uh, or, or when you when you sub a page yeah, or something. No, like, you're right. There are, I do get irritated when a, a writer is being really diva-ish about... And, and I have to just put it, but I've rewritten it to be actually adequate, and yeah. and I have to because, to to put it back because they are too important to be, to mess with. Yes, um, that I do get irritated, but I don't want. It, it's not like I, I want to give up everything. Your to, weekends, no, no, no less. <laughs> no, I just I I just say to the editor, "It's your magazine. It's you know, it's your choice what goes in it, or something like that." Were you were you ever a, a big reader of detective fiction, or as any particular um, specific detectives, but not detective fiction per se? As no, well. I'm interested in um, what the shtick of particular, but it tends to be old stuff, right? Um, modern stuff. I no, I never. I just. You know, I've never picked up that habit. They've got computers and stuff these days. How hard can it be? <laughs> well, it's more that it's quite time-consuming reading all of, you mm. know, all of the inspector such and such. And mysteries. if you start, you do have to finish. You have to finish. Yeah, that's. I do find that I get a bit like that, and mm. so uh, I'd rather just not start. So, fair enough. And the other book? Uh, the other book seems to be more. Since you were fantastically greedy in getting stuff up here. They were all in the ballroom bag. Oh, okay. Sorry, yes, they were in the ballroom bag. Um, it seems more um, of uh, 
sort of actual work related right. in terms of the SOAS student. It's called the Hist- History, a History of Pashtun Migration from 1775 to 2006. Right, that's quite a a large period. Um, It's very specific where it ends, and I suspect that may be more to do with when the book was written (laughs) than any particularly important thing that happened in 2006, but I don't know. I might be wrong. There might have been a huge... There's a great great, um, title trick there done there. By the way, with, with the uh, a history rather than the history, it's sort of yeah, this is my my history. I, it might not be the best history, but it's the only one you've got at the moment. I mean, I, it's it's wise to say, obviously, all histories are or edited. Well, it's, or, I mean, it, I think this is potentially a very interesting subject. So I yeah. I don't have any uh, you know don't have any beef in it. No, no, I I just, I just think it's interesting when, when if you do entitle your work, you know, this is this is an expanded PhD thesis that's turned into a book or whatever that you're still. Happy to say it's a history, even if there are no other histories out there. Um, and the, the cover, there's, it looks to me like a uh, a sort of not that great Photoshop of um, lots of Pashtun gentlemen, I would guess, from the end of the 19th century. And then at the top, across a darkling sky, some migrating birds. But right. I don't think these birds were in the original it's, photo. No, I, I, I tend to agree <laughs> as well. It's a, a metaphor. By, it's a uh, metaphor because uh, it's actually quite difficult to take photos of migrating people. Yes. They just look like people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, there, there are moments. There's, there's boats. Oh, yeah, there's boats, boat photos. Yeah. Ellis Island. On and off boats. The Ellis Island Museum does a very good job That's of right. uh, the, the, well, immigrating music people anyway. does very well. Oh, well, um, if you want to read that, you can have that. Um, or no, I think we should put it all back. So yeah, that... I think we probably could. Someone might want their cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> but come in saying, I'm looking for my history of passion and migration. Were there any cigarettes in the bag as well? Just <laughs> out of interest. So, um, so it's time for the uh, big question, hmm. uh, the question that I can never ask properly, but um, I'm getting the hang of it now. Um, what is the thing that's been lost to humanity that, if returned, would be the greatest boon to society? I think falconry. Falconry. Hmm. Still going on. Well, it, is it, though? I was... I See, basically, I, this was put in my head because I've um, recently been thinking recently about... got a falcon. <laughs> I've been thinking about Ken Loach. Yeah. And I thought, well, OK, falconry appears in the film Kess. It does indeed. But it has never appeared since in anything. I think that the last Kestrel in England... Was Kes. Was Kes, and was, in fact, had its neck wrung by Ken Loach in order to produce tears from his child actor and in the last scene. It wasn't Kes they killed in Kes. I've, I've heard this story, <laughs> and it is a different Kestrel that they kill at the end of Kes. To, well, they don't kill it. They, they found one on the road, obviously, that was already dead and had had its neck broken. <laughs> um, but they? anyway, I, I see, I think... Falconry has never recovered from the blow of this film. I, I've seen. Do, do you think that there are kids out there who? May, well, I, I wonder if there are any kids watching. I think case, ci- but... city life would be completely transformed if instead of having to go to the shops, you had a trained kestrel or hawk or something which could go and get your cigarettes for you. Did they? They didn't use trained um, peregrine falcons. I'm not sure you can train a peregrine falcon. You know when they got those falcons in in Trafalgar Square to cull the pigeons? I, they, I don't. I'm not sure if they were just brought in and said. Here's your smorgasbord, away you go, and they just didn't go anywhere else because there's so obviously there's so many pigeons there. Or whether they were trains, little trains, um, with a man with that. I like that little little hood. They put it's the little hood. The, little the, hood key, the key thing is the hood, and yeah. there's a thing called the jessel as well. Yes. But I can't remember what it is. is That's it? the thing with the bells on it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen. I'm sure I've seen falconry since Kez. I was born after Kez was, and I've seen it in my <laughs> life. Perhaps at um, Leeds Castle uh, in Kent. 
which I've always enjoyed. It's uh, <laughs> the fact that Leeds Castle was in Kent, but um, that might explain why. Because if you have homing falcons, if mm. that's probably not the right word, but if they are going back to Leeds Castle and mm. it's in Kent, it's not surprising that <laughs> falconry has died out. Well, indeed, indeed, I mean, it does. It does, <laughs> does suggest there is a problem there. Um, I mean, did you ever see it as a child? Do you ever see him again? No, I read. I saw Kess. If and they had it and... in your school, if they had, if they had falconry as an option. Um, would you have taken it up? I, I did go to the kind of school where. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Really, it is one of the ten, you know, major public schools. So... Nine. It's one of the nine. nine. Sorry, one of the nine. One of the great nine. But uh, I don't believe falconry was an option when I was there. Or if it was, I was I was too deeply uh, self-involved to notice it. If it was a replacement for the standard subjects in PE, I would be very happy because <laughs> it does seem to be slightly less active than many. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you stand still. And you're trying falcon, which has been your know, dear falcon or whatever it yes. is, which has been trained by your man rather than you. <laughs> uh, does everything All the work? Yeah. Do you think that the training for falconry? I mean, if, if if there's less falconry, we could perhaps try other birds like sparrows or or maybe a zebra. That's not a bird, but um, it could be trained in a similar way with a jessel and a hood. <laughs> Yes, I don't know about other birds. I mean, people do have homing pigeons, but they don't seem to fetch and carry very much, do they? No, I guess not. Hmm. I think it has to be bigger so that it can actually take get the shopping. Yes, well, that's what we're looking and for. You, so. The thing is, you could order. You could order online, but right. in, instead of having a delivery van, you would send your hawk to the co-op. I fear I may have to take this out of the podcast because <laughs> it's too good a business idea for us to squander on the radio. You know, uh, hawk shopping for you or falconry shopping for you. They could they could probably go to egg stores in um, Stoke Newington to pick up all the food and then fly it to your house. Egg stores. Okay. Um, well, that, that's probably on that terrible joke. I should probably wind up for this show. Um, thank you very much for coming along. We're going to pick one more track um, from your CD. Uh, can you give me a number? Um, I think uh, let's uh, have number two. Yes. Good, because that's quite short, if I remember rightly. Yes, three minutes long. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, coming on Science Radio, trickytrigger.co.uk. You can download us on iTunes, but I'm assuming if you're listening to this bit, you've already downloaded it. I never understand why podcasts do that bit, how you, how you can download it when you're already on it. But, Sailor V, uh, thank you very much for coming along, and this is um, some more pathetic Japanese music. <laughs> 